0: Crystal all Crystal Press Crystal to crystal Myth. we're back finally i have finally moved house and mark's available and guess what we have yasmin
1: yay
0: Woo! finally and she is the crystal Myth. say hi
2: yas hey i'm finally here i am alive yay, yay. she's it's
0: real cool. oh my god she's actually I'm... Real. or is she
1: is <laughs> she real just one of us putting on a voice
2: I'm... Yeah, I'm glad I
0: finally got a chance to join. I'm very excited.
1: We're also very excited.
0: I'm so excited. So this um, week, as promised, we're going to be talking about Hollywood myths and legends. So who wants to go first?
1: Ooh,
0: I... Or Mark, you do
1: Okay, um, I was going to say I don't know but in really slow motion and I don't know why do you want me to start with my Rudolf Valentino one because yes. I, I'm keen to hear it and I feel like it was set the tone really well for Yas okay.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I, I wanted to talk about the Hollywood myth of Rudolf Valentino's dildo oh. um, have, have either of you heard the myth of Rudolph Valentino's dodo?
2: Not
1: in any way whatsoever. Nope. I'm shocked. But but it's actually like a really, really, to be fair, I looked it up because I was kind of looking up Hollywood myths and it came up and I thought that's going to be hilarious. And it's really, really, really horribly upsetting. So I'm going to just start off by depressing you, but also talking about dildos. So when Rudolph Valentino died at the age of 31, uh, a lot of people, as I'm sure you both know, consider rudolph valentino to be a bit of a like bi-con, so he may or may not have been bisexual that in itself seems to be a bit of a a hollywood myth he might have been gay he might have been bi he was definitely married to women some of the women he was married to were bi it seems that he may have had boyfriends but we don't know that for a
2: fact Um, well
0: Well, yeah i think Um, in hollywood with rudolph valentino because he was sort of quite effeminate looking I think it's just a case of this has always happened like see when you get a really heart like a, a, a guy that's popular like Leonardo DiCaprio like for instance in the 90s that women all swoon, swoon over men get jealous so what do they do they just say oh he's a big homosexual
1: yeah um, I think there is the I don't know if it, if it is that or if as Yaz says if he was just bi because loads of people are bi
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah no I'm not entirely sure he might have been queer because as you say, he's quite effeminate, but it seemed like he liked women, but he seemed to like quite like traditionally masculine women.
0: He yeah. was married to Natasha Rombova, who is like a lesbian. So there you go.
1: Yeah, hmm. I wonder if they were. Maybe they're both. Wasn't lesbian, or do you think she was bi too? And I think, think she bi bi bi. was
0: bi. I think they had an open marriage, and she um. Well, tell us about the dildo. That's what we yeah, we, so we all wanted. Either hear. way,
1: bruno like, Valentino, he's great. So sadly, he died when he was 31, and it was claimed when he died that he apparently owned a black lead Art Deco style dildo. I know <laughs> I like that because I know what an Art Deco style is, I'm not entirely sure what an Art Deco style dildo is. Um, that was embellished with silver, and when they were clearing out his belongings, they couldn't find it, and they believed that it may have been taken by one of his many lovers. Again, whether or not he actually had many lovers is up for debate. So, mm-hmm. uh, rather horrifically, reportedly found down the throat of another dead actor. Um, what? So, oh my God.
2: That's horrific. <laughs> 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 <Who's> <laughs> that?
1: So, do you guys know the actor Ramon Navarro?
0: Yes, yeah. he's an another gay guy. He's definitely gay.
1: Yeah, like he was, he went out with his um, like PR guy for, I think they went out for about like 20 odd years. So yeah, he was, he's definitely gay. There's no debate about that. So he was murdered on Halloween 1968. Uh, He'd been on a night out and he was accompanied home by two brothers, Paul and Tom Ferguson, who he'd organised to meet through Paul at Mm -hmm. an airport so basically he'd been communicating with Paul they'd organized to meet in a bar they were going to go back to his Paul had shown up with his brother and Paul said oh, is it was okay if my brother comes back to your house as well so he said yeah that's fine they all went back to his house so they said that they wanted to go home with him Paul apparently wanted to go home with him for sex and Tom wanted to go home with him to get acting tips which in itself all seems very mental because I feel like if your brother's going to shout when you wouldn't be like oh can I tag along so I can ask you some tips about acting
0: Anyway. While I watch you suck off a dildo, <laughs> it's
2: so like,
0: oh, I want to come home for sex and I want to come home for cuddles. <laughs> <Tips. laughs> Acting tips, just a tip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they all went back to Ramon's house, and reportedly, when they got there, they'd heard that he had five thousand pounds hidden in his house somewhere. Sorry, five thousand dollars. Uh, and they demanded that he give it to them, and he refused to give it to them and said that he didn't have the money. Now, what we know is we don't actually know exactly what happened then, right? It's unclear because both brothers have an entirely different version of the story. And in Tom's version of the story, he spoke to Ramon, then went for a nap, and then when he got up from his nap, Paul and Ramon had gone to bed together and Paul had killed Ramon, But in Paul's version of the story, Ramon came on to Tom, who wasn't interested, and then Paul went to the toilet. And when he came back, Ramon was dead. But either way, after the man had been murdered, the brothers then fled and it was Ramon's driver who found him the next day. And he stated that while the murder was brutal, he didn't know where the reports of Valentino's dildo came from because there was no dildo present in the room. Some people claim that it probably wasn't Valentino's dildo at all. Others claim that there wasn't a dildo there. And some say that that was the murder weapon. And that when police came to search the house, they found it. And that the dildo, that they knew it was Valentino's because it had been signed by him. (laughs) Sorry. So, yeah, basically, nobody really knows what happened and exactly what the murder weapon was and whether or not there was any.
0: I'm sorry, but why would
1: you A sign your own dildo? Murder weapon. Uh, whatever happened, though, which I thought was really good when I read this last bit, because obviously, given when the murder took place, I kind of expected the brothers to get off or get some sort of stupid lenient sentence because, because as you say, like, Ramon was out gay. Um, but actually, both brothers were both found guilty of murder, and they both were sentenced to full life sentences in prison, so... Whatever happened, we don't really know, but at least two Mm -hmm. evil bastards are in jail.
2: It sounds like it was sort of sex games went wrong. Like, they were messing around and then went too far.
0: No, I think they did want his money, though. But I don't think he had that amount of money in his house. No, I
1: don't. I don't know. Like, I think that the reason that he was denying that he had the money was, yeah, because he actually didn't have the money. And.
0: Maybe were they were they actual like boy horse or like prostitutes?
1: Paul was so Paul, yeah.
0: Paul was a boy
2: mother,
1: whore. So if Yazzy's theory is correct, which would right. be what Tom put forward, so Tom yeah. said he spoke about acting, and then he went for a nap on the couch, and when he woke up, Ramon was dead, and Paul had killed him, and it did seem, and Paul was a um like male prostitute, so he was definitely a sex worker. And he had definitely organised to meet up with Ramon. So it is possible that it... Either it right. was some sort of sex game that went wrong or it was some sort of sex game that Paul then turned into murder because he wanted them dead so he could find the money.
0: That- but my, Mark, my question is... Okay, where, where, when did they find... Who brought out the dildo if the dildo was there? Do you think it was Ramon who introduced it? Or did one of the guys find out when they were trying to look for his money and shoved it down his throat after he was dead? Or was it, like Yasmin said, some sort of kinky sex game gone wrong?
1: I don't know. I mean, I imagine if it was there because it was reportedly Valentino's dildo and the only one of the three of them who had known Valentino when he was alive was Ramon, then I imagine he would have to have brought it out. But again, when the police were questioned about it and what had happened with it, and whether or not it was signed, the police officers dealing with the case said that it wasn't present when they searched the house. However, Ramon had died face down in a pool of his own blood, so something had happened to cause him to basically cough up so much of his own blood that he died, which, again, is absolutely horrific. But but yeah, we, we do not... nobody knows.
0: Do you think Rudolph Valentino gifted Ramon Navarro this dildo and that's why he signed it?
1: I quite like that idea but it not being like a sexual thing like I quite like the idea that Valentino bought the dildo because he thought it was hilarious and then said to Ramon when like he was around having tea one night if anything ever happens to me I bequeathed you my crazy dildo
0: <laughs> 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 Yasmin, I would imagine, I mean, how would you feel if I was on my deathbed and I said Yasmin do me this last favour, um, open up this package, please, and you open it up after I'm gone, and it's like a, a golden <laughs> Egyptian dildo. It's like a bit. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the lights back on the box and be like, but anyway.
1: goodbye."
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting. Oh, well, and 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 a point at uh, Rudolph Valentino is really fascinating. So. He, his wife Natasha. I don't know. I mean, I've I've got his bio. I've got a book about him. It's called Dark Lover, and apparently Natasha Rambova was a bit domineering. She was the she wore the trousers in the relationship, and she gave Rudolf Valentino a slave bracelet, which he wore at all times, because that was a symbol of her domineering. So him as a
1: slave bracelet. Um.
0: don't know it's like a a chain
1: i think kind of like denote that you are personally subordinate to this other person
0: yeah it's like a bondage thing like so again mate i don't know i mean that that is true it's a true story which probably doesn't help matters when you know the men at the time and probably back in that at the era because obviously they were homosexual and queer people back then but a lot of men probably wouldn't weren't used to seeing such a sort of pretty effeminate man on the screen and and they were probably pissed off that all their girlfriends were swooning over them because women committed suicide over his death that's how mental they were they would fool themselves at his coffin there was a massive crowd of people um who were in danger of being crushed by to just try and like ha- get a look at look at him on display and then a lot of women supposedly killed themselves because they couldn't live without Rudolph Valentino being in, in the world. That's like you killing yourself over, I don't know, your favourite actor dying or something. Like, why would you do that?
1: I mean, I don't think if Keanu Reeves died, I would kill <laughs> myself I would be quite <laughs> sad, but I don't think I'd kill myself. I can't say for um, sure. Yas? No, just I don't really know what
2: to say. I think it's like some people do get that crazy hysteria though when they're like insanely love with people that aren't
0: real as such it's just mad well, there was a guy that um i don't know if you've heard of but he was obsessed with Bjork the singer and he he was he was he had mental problems but he was he became more and more obsessed with her to the point where he planned to harm her because he, she wasn't like um responding to his letters or something and he planned to. He set up like sort of some sort of nail bomb thing, and he posted it to Bjork. And he thought, right, that's it. I'm gonna like I've I've posted that, and then he filmed himself like naked. He painted these like his nipples red, and he shaved all his hair off. And then he shot himself in front oh. of his camera. It, this was like in the early night late like in the nineties. I think it was like 1996 or something. And it's all on YouTube. And it's like a massive like it's just a big long kind of descent of madness from this guy from the start to this tragic end. So yeah, you do get kind of people who get obsessed with certain celebrities and take it too far. Like someone tried to kill <laughs> Ronald Reagan to impress Jodie Foster. Wait.
2: But there's been loads of stories like that where people like generally get obsessed with people that they see on screen and they actually imagine that they have a relationship with that person. Yeah. That but it, it's obviously like mental problems. But mm-hmm. when they see other people with them, then they're like, Oh my god, you're cheating on me. Yeah, that's proper- it.
0: stuff like that as well. Yeah, because what triggered him to harm Bjork, who I just remembered now, is that she was dating a black guy, and that was like really offensive to him. Like that was where she crossed the line so obviously incredibly racist but he felt like you said felt like by her having a relationship with someone that she had betrayed him
1: uh, Yeah, completely insane also i know you can't really answer this question but why do you think he painted his nipples red
0: because he was fucking <laughs> <nipple>. <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: also,
0: he also painted his face in um, different colors he, well he was quite fat as well he had like man breasts he had like a man breast thing he was an artist as well he was really he thought he was an artist so I know this is, sounds horrible but see when he shot himself he'd written a, a sign he'd made up a sign and put it at the back of his head like behind him saying the best of me so that when he shot himself obviously his brains would splatter this is horrible onto the, the poster the blank bits of the poster symbolising that would be that was the best of him on there. But it went wrong. It didn't it didn't work out that way. Nothing went on it. He just slumped over and the bullet was just lodged in his head.
1: Well, jokes on him then because his our <laughs> shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he should really have planned that. Better. Right, well, maybe I should move on. Yasmin, have you seen three men and a baby? Yeah. Right. Loads, and I was like, okay. Mark doesn't know about this. Do you know about the ghost boy? And three men and a baby. Yeah. I thought that was like a
2: everyone knew that. There is a yeah. ghost behind the curtain in one of the scenes.
1: Yes. I used to watch it all the time when I was wee as well. Like I must have watched it about a billion times and yeah, I have no idea what either of you are talking about.
2: To be fair, I never really saw the ghost when I was watching it, but it's something like that's like memes that go around the internet that there's a ghost in it. Like that like the ghosts and ghostbusters, like the blowjobs and stuff like that as well
1: like all these things that go round about yeah I don't know about that isn't it like
2: that you just casually throw it in okay um yeah so it's legend
1: (laughs) I like that you threw in allegedly like a ghost is good as
0: me I'm sure that there's a scene in Ghostbusters where and and this is really weird because for a film that's supposed to be like maybe for kids or whatever, or like a PG film. There is a scene where Dan Aykroyd gets sucked off by a, a woman ghost. You see her pull down the covers, and then she sort of you see her head disappear, you know, below the camera line, and then and then Dan Aykroyd's sort of you know face looking all yeah. pleasure.
2: <laughs> she takes the cover down and she opens his belt, and then she disappears, and then yeah, he's happy.
0: But is that not, like, rape?
2: Uh, yeah, okay, I do He clearly stopped me. No. How are you going to stop a ghost from sucking your ghost? No. Must I have wanted
1: Technically, it's <laughs> sexual assault, but if he <laughs> is then into it, it's, like, attempted sexual assault, but then not anymore because... Yeah, and then,
0: like, know. is this a oh, regular
1: thing? So like, did you pressure him into
0: <laughs> <No>, it? <laughs> Should we do this? How would you feel, Mark, if the ghost of Keanu Reeves came?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, grand. That that would really help me to get over his death, wouldn't it? (laughs) Then I I wouldn't need to worry about my my moral issues with Topaz because I could just have a ghost Keanu boyfriend. That would be, would be grand. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: Right, to get back to the the ghost boy in Three Men and a Baby. So this was a really common thing. And it was, I remember in primary school, people were talking about this all the time. And it used to freak me out. But every time I watched it, I couldn't see the boy. I don't know where to look. But he is behind the curtains. But the thing is, right, so the urban legend claims that a young boy was killed in the apartment used for the movie and his ghost can be seen in the background a more detailed version of the rumor says that the boy's mother sued the studio after they refused to cut the scene from the film. There's an even wilder version of the story that includes the mother spotting her dead son in the scene, wearing his burial clothes, going insane and spending the rest of her life in a menstrual institution. That just sounds like, you know, petty internet rumors that teenagers or kids would just make up. It was like totally exaggerated. If you look at the scene, there is, there is a figure behind the curtain. But it wasn't a ghost boy. Mm. It was actually Yeah, so what do you think it was? Do you know what it was?
2: No. <laughs> you're gonna ruin this for okay. me. I really want to think.
1: I it's to it's not... not... take a guess am, I'm sorry! Right, Yaz and I both have to guess on whoever's the closest <laughs> okay. wins. So,
0: What was it I'm behind the curtains? It wasn't a ghost boy, so what was it?
1: Yaz you're the guest, so yes first.
0: Massive dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> want to confuse a dildo with a ghost boy. Okay.
2: right. Um...
0: <laughs> Good answer.
1: Mark, excellent answer. Uh, my guess is going to be the actor that played Bob in Twin Peaks.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Well, if you consider Ted Danson to be a massive dildo, then Yasmin is the winner because <laughs> I winner. It was Why actually what he was just crouching behind the curtain no no he it was um it was a cardboard cutout of dancing that someone left on the set so <laughs> and it, it is originally there was a scene in the film where Danson's character in the film he's an actor films a dog food commercial dressed in a tux but it was cut from the finished film however the ghost rumor did help to promote VHS sales as well as the sequel, free Men and A Little Lady. But you, so it is, it's a cardboard cutout, clearly, of Ted Danson in a tux tucked behind a curtain. But if you just—if you watch the film, I suppose it does look like a ghost boy. You can look up images of it. Just look up yeah. ghost boy. No, it doesn't. And a little lady, have you seen it? Yeah.
2: I'm it looks, it's, a, it's a wee boy
0: hiding behind the curtain. But yeah. Uh
1: I I really like the version of the story that you told where his mum saw it and went mad just because I imagined her in the cinema like having a nice day out with her pals let's go see the new Ted Danson film he's quite foxy and then her son appears behind the curtain like
0: (laughs) Unless, like, unless a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson resembled her son in some way and she thought it was him Coincidentally, but... What yeah.
1: if Ed Benson is her son and he never actually died?
0: <laughs> I don't know about that!
1: <laughs> I think that that's clearly what's going on. Right, hold on, Ghost Boy, Three Men and <laughs> I'm on Today.com.
0: Also, I think that people said if you watched it and you spotted the boy that you would be cursed and he would appear in your room. You know, that kind of shit. Bullshit.
1: Sorry, I realised that you just explained why it's not really him. But yeah, I just looked up the picture and that really does look like a little ghost boy. It doesn't look like Ted Danson.
0: Yeah, but Ted Danson back then had dark hair, remember? So
1: Ted Danson's in the foreground of the picture I'm looking at. And I feel like small Ted Danson in the background doesn't look like Ted Danson in the foreground. It's uh, definitely him. Ted Danson is fit though.
0: Do you think Ted Dancing's hot? No, I think what I
1: randomly just
0: said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ted Dancing, if you're out there, call me.
0: Ted Dancing always reminded me of my Uncle Brian, so that would not be appropriate.
1: Less is Uncle Brian.
0: Call me. Yes, do you find Ted Dancing attractive?
2: No in any way whatsoever. No, no. no. sorry. No. No. Yeah. He yeah. does, yeah. It's someone's uncle. It's a bit like me. Yeah, he's oh, like the uncle. pals.
0: Yeah, he's definitely an uncle type
2: guy. Yeah, I'm not one of these girls that like fancies people that looks like their dad's pals. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Was was that a a dig? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you get these girls that like like because they didn't get enough love or hugs off their dads so then they always like fancy older men that are like dad figures. <laughs> I probably too much Law and Order and just watch shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did say that um, that uh, that's a bit weird that that women tend to go with guys that look a bit like their dads because their dads were their first love. <laughs> I'm really disturbing, really.
2: There's so much crap out there where it's like your little girl has to be like your little princess, and I don't know if you've seen this stuff where. You can go for a photo shoot with your daughter so she could be like dressed as Cinderella or something, and you're dressed as Prince Charming. Like the dad's oh. as... no, like, just. No, that's
1: just. Really, really, <laughs> really
0: wrong.
2: I just is... think it's sick, but no one else seems to see a problem with this. Is,
0: it, is mean... this happening in London, Yasmin? Or is it. Because a, 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 I don't, don't think, think that, that, that would happen is. up here.
2: No, it mostly happens in the States, but I've seen yeah. London as well, and I'm like, it's really fucked My up. God. Why is it? That something so wasn't. that
0: would be like if you dressed up as Princess Jasmine and your dad was a lad. On a flying carpet.
2: So you'll have like, the one I saw was like the little girl is dressed up as Belle and then her dad's dressed up as the beast.
1: Sorry, that made me so happy because <laughs> I was just about to say imagine how fucking weird it would be if the wee girl dressed as Belle and her dad dressed
2: as a <laughs> beast. I swear to god google it you can actually do photo shoots like this and I just I <laughs> find it so disturbing and when I mentioned this to other people they were like no no it's cute because little oh, girls their dads and their dads are their heroes and I'm like no it's fucking sick that
0: is sick can I agree <laughs> surely if you were
1: your little girl was dressed up as Belle you'd dress up as Belle's dad yeah. What did you uh, dress up as a beast? <laughs> I have to Google this now, Yeah, like
0: <laughs> if you were like dressing as a little mermaid and you, your dad could be Triton.
2: No, it would be the dad would be whatever, what is it, Erica, whatever he's called. No.
0: Oh, yeah, I get that. That's the perverted version. But like if it was like the nice father daughter kind of Disney thing, then you would technically have to be Triton, wouldn't no. you? Or That's Ursula, what? your child. Tra- <laughs>
1: Sorry, people who can't see me, which is everyone. The reason I just dramatically gasped is because I'm now looking at pictures of what Yaz is talking about. And it's oh, the, it's the actually... most disturbingly creepy thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And all of these men should be shot.
0: Right, we need to post it on the Facebook page and Instagram. Oh! friends, will to you guys because it's sick. It's just wrong.
1: Oh, hold on. I'm going to put a picture in the group chat for the two of you to look at because this okay. is...
0: Okay. The
1: creepiest thing just ever, right? Two x just to screenshot it.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see this shit. Oh Am I going to have to bleach my eyes?
1: I mean, you might want to burn your eyes after it. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what prince and princess these two are supposed to be, but whatever, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're just, I'm saying they're creepy. <laughs> She's not creepy. It's not the wee gang's fault that her dad's a weirdo, right? Two x Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Oh my God! What the hell? What? Ah, what? She's and that's oh. Cinderella, isn't it? That's she's supposed to be Cinderella, and he's the prince. That's not it's too cin- bad. he's <laughs> kissing her in the.
1: The world's <laughs> most fucked up wedding
0: day. What is it?
1: Not too bad.
0: I thought it was going to be like more elaborate than that. I thought he was going to be wearing like um, a fawn outfit from Hercules or something, like with little, like no clothes on or he'd be like Tarzan
1: oh he's, I've just found one that I've also put online I'm going to send to you guys just now where a dad and his daughter have done a comedy one that I actually quite appreciate Okay. so they're called princess and hero as you guys said photoshoots and this dad has done the best princess and hero photoshoot ever
0: oh can he be the princess please let him be the princess oh that would be funny Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> that's oh. <laughs> that brilliant you need to post oh. that right so i know we're laughing like you can't see this like listeners viewers so this guy is a legend right he's dressed as princess peach but he's got a full beard and mustache and glasses and his daughter's dressed as mario actually brilliant. Is- up. he looks really embarrassed like he's doesn't really want to be part of this photo shoot and she's like the thumbs up thinking it's the best thing ever
1: i like that idea that like they're gone for a daddy and like a princess and hero photo shoot and she's violently <laughs> demanded that she is the hero in the family and then screamed at Princess mario you must be princess Peach."
0: that is so much better than that other photo which is quite disturbing yeah, yeah.
1: he should be loaded into a cannon and shot into the sun
0: I, think think, I generally think should
2: be banned Because I think it's wrong Yeah I agree with you yeah. it's shit.
1: It should go on the same fire As child beauty pageants Which should also be banned it's Just basically anything that's kind of
0: Exploiting bad, children As
1: yeah, kind of pro-pedophile vibes mm. I think we should all just agree General no to that
0: Or do you remember that show? Well, this is in the UK, right? So for Americans, I don't know if you would know this um, or anyone outside the UK. um, In the 80s, there was a a notorious show on Channel 4 called Mini Pops, where they would dress up literal toddlers, like five-year-olds, as pop stars. And there was one where it was a girl. She was about five and she was done up like Sheena Easton and like a, a, a towel on her head and a bathrobe. And there was a scene where she would sing the line when you get home we'll make love and it's just like uh. <laughs> <laughs> no no, no.
1: Uh.
0: Um. there was loads of creepy shit like that link to the <laughs> on topic link to the um the ghost boy there's also a rumor or a uh, you can watch it in the film that a munchkin from the wizard of oz committed suicide on set and there's a scene where you can see Tin Man, the Dor- Dorothy and the Scarecrow walking down the old brick road past a sort of house, and in the background you can see what looks like something hanging from a tree. And people said that that was a, a Munchkin. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I've
1: seen that one.
0: Jasmine, I, I've, I've seen the Wizard of Oz, but I've not seen the Munchkin in the background. See the next time you watch it, look out but, for it. To be
2: honest, i I find Wizard of Oz the most terrifying film in the world. I, oh, that's watch, brilliant. I just find it it's so scary. I can sit and watch any horror film you chuck at me, but I can't watch the World. It's the monkeys with the wings. They generally terrify me. I think so, it's
1: supposed yeah. to be scary though. Like people talk about it like it's not, but is it like it is supposed to be a representation mm-hmm. of having like a psychotic break, isn't it? Or am I just making that up? I'm well, no, good. I think
0: maybe. I think I always found the lion quite disturbing because you know, uh, it it it's the way that they had the fur go down to his undercarriage, and that's all I could look at. The
1: lion didn't have like proper creepy vibes, yeah.
0: Yeah, like he had an actual like lion penis there hidden under the fur, <laughs> and it was like always like quite close to Dorothy's face, and, uh, ugh. but then. It was fucked up, that film, because Judy Garland's got treated horrendously. She was 16 when she played Dorothy and they made her bind her breasts so she looked younger. And they put her on a diet of chicken soup because they said she was too fat. And then they fed her up, like, um, basically speed, like, so that she would work nonstop all night. She, so that she could work like day and night so to put her to sleep she would be given like uh, sleeping pills or barbiturates or whatever to get her to sleep because she couldn't like calm down because of all the speed they were giving her so that's why she was fucked up later in life because they just fed her drugs that's terrible
1: yeah Really Yeah, insane the way they were, uh, I'm saying that again we've still got child beauty pageants and stuff now as we've just discussed but uh, mm-hmm. it used to be able to treat child stars Although there's that, um, I haven't watched it yet, but the Netflix documentary that's just come out with Bryce Dallas Howard about how child actors in Hollywood are still treated like abysmally. So I don't think, Ooh. fortunately, the too much has changed. I'm making random no,
0: one-minute
1: one advert on it. But Bryce Dallas Howard isn't impressed and I'm a big fan of hers. So I agree with whatever she has
0: to say. I mean, Shirley Temple was supposedly sexually abused as a child. Like, she was chased mm-hmm. around... One of the, I don't know which one it was. Maybe Harry Cohen, around his desk with his cock out. <laughs> she uh. ran right away, and a lot of that kind of thing happened back then. But no one said anything about it. It's like when they covered up homosexuality, like Rock Hudson, for instance. He was a, a definite, like he was de- like a gay man, but they gave him, they made him marry a woman in a sham marriage to cover up the fact that he was gay because he was this sort of in you know, a hero like um, I don't know like a heartthrob in the 50s and 60s and he was always in like sex comedies with Amy. so he was sort of like this manly guy a bit like quagmire and family guy that kind of thing that kind of character <laughs> but in reality he was he was a homosexual but he wasn't allowed to ever and if you watch, then there's a Netflix show called Hollywood. So a lot of it's bullshit. But he's in it. And he's got this agent who basically was like a pimp. And he brought in all these kind of gay men. And he named them and controlled them. And he gave Rock Hudson his name. And there was another guy called Tab Hunter. He gives them all these porn star kind of names. So there was a lot of sinister shit going on back then. And it still happens. Because look what happened to Harvey Weinstein.
1: Yeah, even the, I get that there's been more of a reaction to it now as well, but I feel like the initial reaction to the Harvey Weinstein thing from quite a lot of people did seem to be like, all right, well, rich people in Hollywood, sexually abuse people, you know that going to Hollywood, which is mental. Like, there shouldn't be a, yeah, back then or nowadays, there shouldn't be a a culture of saying, well, it's okay to sexually abuse people as long as you then might offer them a job at the end. It's demented.
2: But I think that's the problem is that a lot of people won't speak up because they think oh well if I don't put up with this they'll just get rid of me and they'll get someone else to do the part instead. So like yeah, they don't really
0: have to do it. And a lot is- of yeah, yeah that's the sad thing because a lot of people like women who encountered Harvey Weinstein who then went on to win Oscars um, they didn't say no they just went along with it and they didn't speak out about it at all afterwards I'm not saying it's their fault but at the same time it's like you know that's fucked up and you know that's wrong but if he's an intimidating guy and you think well it's either this or my career because like Mira, Mira Savino um, yeah. she stood up to him and basically he blacklisted her and she didn't have a career like she couldn't get cast in movies and stuff like that so I can understand why women didn't speak out.
1: Yeah it's a really awful position for people to be put in that if that's your dream and that's what you've worked at and you've gone to stage school and you've managed to make it to Hollywood and then it seems like you're about to have your big break but you're then basically told you have to have sex with this monster if you want to. It's horrific.
0: But then if all those women said no to him then he wouldn't have had any power. So who is he going to cast? I mean... the thing will be that person that First
2: person to speak up because you'll like I don't think they would have been aware that there was other people involved and right. probably everyone is facilitating it as well probably saying to her oh don't be silly it's fine like he just really likes you or you're really pretty or and kind of just make them feel like it's normal when it's
0: yeah because cool. at the time you probably wouldn't think about mm-hmm. other people you maybe think he's just doing it to you but uh it's really special. well Mark I want to hear the story about the incident on the yacht
1: well, then I shall tell you the story of the incident on the yacht. Um, so, uh, one of the most interesting sort of Hollywood myths or legends that I've read about is the possible murder, possible not murder, death, I believe is the word there that I couldn't think of, mm-hmm. the death of Thomas Ince. Um, so, Thomas Ince was a producer uh, in Hollywood in the sort of 1910s and 1920s, and he was invited on. William Randolph Hearst, who was a really famous billionaire Hollywood businessman. I imagine most people have heard of him.
0: He was a newspaper magnate as well. like He owned all the papers, so he controlled all the publicity and stuff.
1: And he also had a big, horrible face, which yeah. doesn't mean his guilt one way or the other, but I, I don't like his face. Um, and do you know what? He looks like he'd be a Tory. He um, <laughs> threw in a birthday party on his yacht in 1924. It was reported that while they were on the yacht, Ince was shot in the head. And then a short time later, it was claimed by all newspapers at the time, a lot of which were obviously owned, as you just said, Leslie, by Hearst, that this was not the case. So for Ince's birthday party, he was joined on the yacht by Hearst. He was also joined by the actors, Marie is it Marion or Marianne? It's
0: it's Marion Davis. Marion Davis's
1: mistress. Charlie Chaplin, the reporter Luello Parsons, and the writer Eleanor Glenn. Um Hearst Publicist stated that despite the rumours, and this is the bit that uh, Leslie and I were discussing before the podcast that I wanted to hold off to share with you. So Hearst Publicist stated that despite the rumours. Ince had not taken a bullet to the head. He'd actually eaten too much of the delicious food provided by Hearst, and then died of indigestion.
0: Right. How can <laughs> what how does that explain the bullet in his head?
1: <laughs> yeah. So th- that is a fair point as well. So this, is despite the fact that Charlie Chaplin's secretary, who was on the dock for the yacht, basically coming in to collect Chaplin, uh, said that she saw Ends being removed from the boat. And that uh, he had, and I quote, and it's not a complicated quote, a hole in his head. So, yeah, I don't understand how, one, you can die of indigestion, or two, how your death by indigestion would cause a hole to form in your head. But supposedly that's what happened. That's the, which I love with these sort of old Hollywood things as well, that is the official line. So the official cause of NC's death is apparently that he got really bad indigestion. <laughs>
0: I thought one of the ones was that he had a heart attack, but then that could just be another thing that was sort of broad, like, um, spread about
1: Maybe to distract I from the real story. They said that he died of indigestion. They realised that it was ridiculous and then were kind of like, oh no, it was a heart attack, but like indigestion and a heart attack look similar to start off with. But again, how does that result in there being a hole in your head? Um, it's all particularly suspicious as, as you pointed out, Leslie. Marion Davis was dating Hearst, but was known to be sleeping with Charlie Chaplin and with Thomas Ince. My career. <laughs> and I say fair play to her. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Except for the Hearst bit, because again, he's absolutely hideous. But, you know, everybody else, bang them if you want. So that's odd because Hearst had, depart- had not even apparently, it was known that Hearst had found out that she was having affairs with both of these men. So it does beg the question, why would you throw a party for a man that you found out your girlfriend was having an affair with and then invite another man who you also had just found out she was having an affair with to the party? That results in one of her apparently from indigestion.
0: What I thought Mm. it was is that he, maybe she, I, I don't know, he didn't intend on killing Ince he actually intended on killing Charlie Chaplin but he confused Ince for Charlie Chaplin so shot what he thought was Charlie Chaplin but actually was Ince and then when he found out it was Ince he was like oh fuck what am I going to do I'm going to have to cover this up and that's why they ended up having to sneak him off the yacht and make up that bullshit story.
1: Do you think if he wanted to kill Charlie Chaplin anyway for sleeping with his girlfriend and he knew that Ince was sleeping with his girlfriend maybe he was just planning to kill both of them? Maybe he's trying to kill all of them.
0: If you're going to kill Charlie Chaplin, that's a big deal. Because think how famous he was back then. Nobody. Well, maybe Ince was famous, but not as famous as Charlie Chaplin. So it doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> no, it's. But then, again, if you're that rich and you're that powerful, I mean, if anyone. Well,
0: you could say drowned or something.
1: Because it looks like he got away with murdering Ince.
0: Hmm. Well, very suspicious. Indeed. You... You watch a lot of Law & Order, Yasmin. What, what's your mm-hmm. thoughts? Put uh, your detective hat on there.
1: Yeah, solve the mystery. Solve
0: it. I like disturbing Law & Order, I always watch the
2: Law & Order Special Victims Units. So it's <laughs> it's all like people getting raped or paedophiles or really yeah. <laughs> <pep.
1: laughs> like, Just
2: do watching them. Every episode is more fucked up than the one before it. Um, I don't know. I, I like the theory of that he found out that these two guys were or like that she was cheating with these two guys so he plotted to have them both killed do you that...
1: want my, my other bit of evidence so that you can add it into your detective work <laughs> one of the other things that i thought was really interesting is that luella O'Parsons, who was at the party on the boat was given a lifetime contract to work for her the day after the oh, mur- how convenient yeah so many people have said that they think that she witnessed the murder and that he then offered her this contract because it meant she would then have a permanent job working.
0: Uh, she was a gossip columnist at the time, so she would be the type of person a bit like, who would be the equivalent today? Like Perez Hilton or someone like that. But then it was yeah, also would, her contract probably said she could never talk about what happened on the boat. Yeah.
1: She yeah, had like is it a non-disclosure agreement, is that right, that it's called? Yeah, yeah so it could have one of them in it. When she was asked about it she confusingly said um, I was in New York when the yacht party took place so I couldn't possibly comment despite being seen boarding and then disembarking the yacht later <laughs> so she was definitely at the yacht party but that was what she said I was in New York at the time when the yacht party took place so I couldn't comment.
2: Who's mm-hmm. oh, yes. oh, <laughs> the
1: they
0: yeah. the guilty, all guilty, off their heads, terrible. Hey well i think i think he's definitely guilty i think he was intending on killing someone i definitely think he was after charlie chaplin or he wanted to scare off chaplin or maim him or something i don't maybe he didn't want to kill him maybe he just wanted to shoot him in the balls or something or when he's i mean charlie chaplin was a dodgy character anyhow he loved young girls he was a beast he got a 16 a 15 year old pregnant Uh, and then married her and then had affairs with other people when he was 56 he married an 18 year old that was his final wife and then he had like loads of kids with her one of which he was like in his 90s or something or his 80s no think... not one of his kids was in her 80s he was in his 80s when he, <laughs> <laughs> he...
1: Well, <that's laughs> Hollywood you think like that's me just finding that out now from you telling me you think the most well-known thing about Charlie Chaplin would be that he clearly is a big giant pedo like <laughs> Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Leslie, you were going to tell us about cursed films. Yeah. I, I, I okay. So,
0: have right when you think of movies in Hollywood, guys, um, is there any like movies that you think of that might have a curse, or have you heard that has a curse about it? Um. Well,
2: final, Dest- final
0: destination.
2: I think Final Destination is meant to be cursed. But oh. I don't remember
1: what. though. So. I'm I've sure Not heard that. Data. I don't know. Um, the two that I know of are the crow and the exorcist i think are both supposed to be cursed as well
0: yeah the crow well there was a rumor about the crow that when brandon brandon lee got shot it the footage in the film is actually of him getting shot and killed by that bullet that was supposed to be a blank but it wasn't and also there's like a rumor that bruce lee or there's a like a conspiracy theory going about that Bruce Lee was cursed, has a family curse, and it was it goes through like the male generation. So he died quite young and then it passed on to his son and that's why he died young as well. But he's got a daughter and it didn't affect her, so it must be just through the male line. But the main um the most well known ones was yeah, the Exorcist and the Omen. The omen I find really interesting because has, has anyone seen the omen?
1: Yes. It's the first horror film I ever watched.
0: The first one. So there's a famous scene in The Omen where uh, I think he's like an investigator or something. Mm. And he ends up being decapitated by a, a big sheet of glass that falls on him. And yeah, so like, and there was all, so in real life, a similar thing happened, right? So it says, it's difficult to pass this off as a coincidence. So shortly after the US premiere special effects artist John Richardson was travelling through the Netherlands with his companion, Les Moore. Richardson was responsible for the film's myriad of death scenes, including the particularly memorable one where David Warner is decapitated behind a truck. So that's the scene I was talking about. While driving, they crashed and Richardson was decapitated right in front of Moore. So it's exactly the same type of like mode of death that happened that he wrote. So in freaky. the movie how freaky is that yeah that's um nuts. wait that in mm-hmm. real life? Who, yeah that, that actually nobody who actually died in the real version uh the guy who wrote the scene the guy who wrote all the deaths in the the omen movie died the same way as one of the characters that he wrote about dying <laughs> in the exact same way decapitation and hmm. a car crash
2: hmm Quincy sounded
0: quite cynical about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. I'm like oh, that's so freaky. And Yaz is like, mm, all right.
0: No. People's
1: heads fall off all the time. <laughs> I
0: think <laughs> well, there was also rumors about the woman. It, the reason why they said it was cursed is that because it's about the devil child, like the 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 boy in it is Satan. Um, it says the film began shooting in 1975. Was riddled with problems from the very beginning. While travelling for filming, the planes of actor Gregory Peck and producer Mace Neufeld was were struck by lightning. And Harvey Bernhard's flight had a near miss. I don't know who Harvey Bernhard is. If that wasn't creepy enough, another plane was chartered to the studio for aerial shots, but was replaced at the last minute. The aerial shots were filmed successfully with the replacement plane while the original crashed, killing everyone on board. And there was a restaurant that Neufeld and Peck booked for dinner, and it was bombed by the IRA. And then their hotel was also bombed by the same terrorist group. More strange things occurred. Maybe maybe someone just had a vendetta against him. I mean, I think back then the IRA were bombing every cunt anyway, so it's just... (laughs) (laughs) not special, really. But...
1: I, I believe you, not, but I'm not saying like you have made the course, but I believe it now that you're telling me this, because if we're like, yeah, them getting bombed once by the IRA, you could be like, well, the IRA were really active at that point in time, but them getting bombed twice by the IRA when there's already been like two squillion plane accidents involved in their film is, is quite a lot of weird coincidences.
0: Another thing that happened was an onset set animal handler was eat, eaten by lions. What? Yes. However, the most hellish manifestations are pretty uh, easy to explain away. Planes are actually hit by lightning all the time with no harm done, and the IRA would have bombed both establishments, whether Peck or Newfield were there or not, like I said. But the animal handler getting eaten by lions? What, where, I don't remember lions being in the film, but all right. Or maybe... That was their, you know, it was another job that they had, and then they just happened to get eaten by lions, and they sort of like tried to link that with the curse of the omen, where she she might have just mistreated the lions, or the lions were I don't know, just flipped their lids.
1: Yeah, now that you've said that, I can't think of any lions in the omen. It has been a while since I've watched it, but
0: another right, this is one that maybe people haven't heard of. Um, it's called the Atuk curse. So Atuk is the story of a naive Inuit who moves to New York City. The screenplay, written by Todd Carroll of National Lampoon fame, fame, has been passed around Hollywood since the 70s and has almost been made several times. But every single actor assigned to play the lead has died. This has been dubbed the Atuk Curse. John Belushi was supposedly the first victim of the Attuck curse. In 1982, not long after reading the script and agreeing to play Attuck, the 33-year-old actor died of a drug overdose. Next up was Sam Kinison. He was a stand-up comedian and actor. He filmed one scene before dying in a car crash in 1992, almost exactly a decade after Belushi. The third actor attached to Attuck to die was John Candy, who had a heart attack in his sleep and passed away aged just 43. This is especially strange as Candy's heart attack took place on March the 4th, a day before the 12th anniversary of Belushi's death. I'm starting to think that it's Belushi that's cursed people and not this <laughs> film. The, big yeah. final, the the final big death related to the film was Chris Farley in 1997. A huge fan of Belushi's, again Belushi, Farley was about to accept the role when he also died of an overdose, aged also aged 33. The script has been in developmental hell ever since, and even though most of these deaths became explained away as bad or lifestyle choices by the actors, um it's still pretty pretty creepy. What do you think? I think it's bullshit that's causing these people to fucking die. I mean I think that makes sense. Mm.
1: Yeah, either way it's really weird. I d- not that this has anything to do with the course, but I did think it was slightly odd that none of the four actors that were cast to play the lead role of an Inuit were Inuits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like is that why they're all dying off? Because they're they, they're somehow this tulpa. Maybe they manifested a tulpa Inuit, and it's it's annoyed the character because not it's not an actual Inuit in the role.
1: I'd like to think that um, the Inuit goddess Sedna has killed all four of them because she doesn't want people who aren't Inuits playing Inuits on film.
0: It kind of makes me think, like, would any actor want to try and take on that role, knowing that it could be their death?
1: Yeah, if somebody offered you $200 million to star in the film, they were trying to make the fifth version of it, would either of you take the $200 million and star in the film?
0: Would you risk it, Yasmin?
2: Hmm, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I think it would just be like, I'll bring it on.
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, at least then, if it is real, you've got millions of like dollars to enjoy before you like pop your clogs, so you can at least have a big blowout. Oh, yeah, I'd have to make sure I got paid first. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to get the money first up front because that's a big risk. It's danger money, that is.
2: Yeah. I also I mean, have this thing yeah, for my whole life is like, what if you don't? Like, see if you don't do it, you'll always wonder, oh, what happened yeah. Like, I should have done it.
0: Yeah. Do you do you now decide to just do things, Yasmin, on the back of that philosophy? Because I've always felt like my gut instinct tells me to do things, but then I ignore it out of fear and and that I don't like the thought of change. But Oh no, I'm not looking
2: that I do stuff because I have like kinda like FOMO where it's about like if I don't do it, I'll
0: always wonder what happened if I I did it. Yeah, I I think I like that attitude. I think that now I should probably say yes to more things than no and not be so scared and talk myself down or be self-depreciating. Like, I never thought I would start this podcast and look where we are now. I
1: agree. If you feel like doing something, that's quite a broad statement. If you feel like doing something, you should do it. (laughs) As long as it's nice.
0: As long as it's reasonably Yes. As, long, as long as it's not like, you know, I've always wanted to go around decapitating people and then burying their heads. Yeah. but will do yeah. that. But
2: like, you want to
1: do
2: something
0: we'll do it like, yeah. we'll or we'll not. Fuck it, let's just do it. That's the worst that can happen. Yeah, and you can always learn from failures and try again or whatever. I also want to talk about The Exorcist. Who here has seen The Exorcist? Uh,
1: yes, yep. I've seen The Exorcist a good few now, times.
0: When was the first time you watched it? Because I always thought it was banned. And and remember when I was about, oh, I don't know how old I was, it was unbanned and you could finally get it from the rental play, like global video or whatever. So everyone went out to get it. I think it was like maybe 2000s or really? late 90s.
1: I, don't, I feel like I was maybe about 13, 14 the first time I saw it. Uh, maybe.
0: Uh, maybe. Where did you get it on video?
1: I don't know.
2: I, feel like yes, I, just but... dreamed it. I don't think I watched it on video I think I've probably watched it like streaming online but like ages right. ago so did you watch I it by yourself do, you know I, do? I've, I like I've definitely seen it but I saw it so long ago that I don't really remember it okay because well I it with
1: my dad
0: now, did it with my brother. I when know. you were watching it did anything weird happen
2: no
1: okay Not anything any more weird than normally happens when you're in a room with my dad
0: (laughs) (laughs) right so I've got two stories about um the the two times that I've watched The Exorcist right the first was when my family got it out on video when it was released you know when we people could watch it again it was unbanned and we all sat around and watched it and then someone halfway through the movie or something someone was like banging at our back door or front door It was the front door and we just sort of ignored it but then I went out and I found a note after it like the film hadn't finished yet so maybe I went to the toilet or something and I noticed there was like a something had been posted through the letterbox so I picked it up and it was a note and it said your fence was on fire the fire brigade were here we tried to tell you and I looked out the back and right enough, there was water everywhere and half of her fence had, it was all burnt. I did mean, not notice it being there. Ha- well, we didn't. We were too engrossed in The Exorcist. So by that point, my sister decided, fuck this. I am not watching that movie. I'm not watching the rest of it. And she ran upstairs and hid, frozen to watch the rest of the movie. Where I was like, oh my god, that's so badass, that's so metal. I'm <laughs> going to watch the rest of it, that's so amazing. I can't... Like, she was convinced it was because we were watching The Exorcist that Half Defence just suddenly burst into flames from hell because we watched that movie. And apparently in the <laughs> 70s... Well, yeah? That would happen to everyone that ever watched that film. Well, on that point... A lot of people who watched the movie or were involved in the movie, again, similar to The Omen, ended up dying in strange ways. And um, a few um, cinemas burnt down as well uh, when they were showing the original movie when it was out in the 70s. And a lot of people felt really strange watching the film. They felt faint. They felt like really weird. And then a lot of people just couldn't watch the rest of it or left the theatre. Now, the second time I watched The Exorcist, I was at David's when I used to sleep over at David's when he was with his parents. So I was still quite young. I was probably like early 20s. And he'd fallen asleep during the film, but it was at the scene where it was getting really intense and they were conducting the exorcism. And, you know, they're saying the power of Christ compels you and it was getting really, really quite scary. And I was so invested in it. I was so like concentrating on it that at the point where they They I think they expelled the demon from her. I felt as though one of my legs was getting hotter and hotter to the point where I actually went, Oh, ah, fuck, and woke up David because I thought my leg was gonna go actual on fire. And it was really fucking weird. But he doesn't believe me. (laughs) So I actually do think there's something to the exorcist because that's two things that's happened to me while watching it. Now is it because I was just so invested in that scene and it was just such a powerful scene that psychologically I thought that my leg was on fire or was it was it like a a subliminal thing like it brought me back to when the fence went on I can't explain the fence going on fire because it was only half of it
1: I mean again it's the more than one thing happening is what makes it weird because if just your fence had gone on fire I'd say somebody probably set your fence on fire it's just a, a random coincidence and if just your leg had gone mentally hot i would agree that that was really weird but i'd be like well it was probably some sort of weird bug or something that caused it rather than the film but yeah the fact that you've watched it twice and both times something has got really really hot for no clear reason as weird
0: and after that um between the time the fence was on fire and then i'm watching it at david's place the weird shit would happen in our house like Um, there was a photograph of me you know how when you used to get tellies that were quite big boxy things and you could put stuff on the top of them like a shelf well my parents had a picture of me on top of the telly and I was just sitting watching telly with my dad and all of a sudden my photograph nothing else just lifted off the television and threw itself onto the floor face down and I looked at my dad and he looked at me and we were just like okay is that a bad sign what's gonna happen But logically, it could just be the vibrations of the television that flipped it off. But why was it just my picture? I think it was Big Fat Cheeks. Oh, no! don't. We need to watch it
2: again and see if something happens. Well, I have thought about
0: that, Yasmin. Do I watch The Exorcist again?
2: But I'm actually,
0: I haven't watched it since then because I'm actually genuinely afraid that something bad will happen again. But part of me is curious to see if it will. I think you need to see it again. Jasmine, it. you just want me to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, because
2: I think nothing will happen and then you'll realise it's just
0: silly. But what if something <laughs> does
2: happen? You'll never know. Nice to
0: uh, do it. I bet we all watch The Exorcist together so that then you can be witnesses if something does happen.
1: I'm up mm-hmm. for
0: that. You yeah. be up for that.
1: And then if yeah. you spontaneously continue trust, Yaz and I can... Mm-hmm. Doing two episode discussing the time you spontaneously combusted.
0: And that I was right all along. <laughs> <laughs> there's also the famous Superman curse. So there's quite a lot of these. So has anyone heard of the Superman curse?
1: No. Uh,
0: right. So Superman is supposedly cursed because even right back to the beginning of when um, it was first written by the Schuster, I think Joe Schuster or something he was called. Whatever. I've got it here, the Superman curse. With Superman. It started with Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, who created the character for Action Comics. So it first came out in 1948. Not only were the duo not fairly compensated in royalties, they were totally ripped off, they never got any money out of it, for the invention of Clark Kent. But Shuster's career flatlined shortly afterwards. By the 1950s the artist deteriorating eyesight had forced him out of comic books entirely and he eventually became almost blind. Right. And then after that there's, you know how the guys that invented Betty Boop, the mm-hmm. Fleischers. So they made a series of Superman cartoons between 1941 and ni- 1943. After that, the brothers fell out in such a big way during the process that their partnership was permanently severed. But Max, despite also inventing Betty Boop and producing Popeye cartoons, ultimately died in abject poverty. After what had been a prolific career in animation, he only produced five more projects after working on Superman. I've never heard of this guy, but he was the first guy to to play Superman on television. He was called Kirk Allen. He found brief success playing the character, but was irreversibly typecast afterwards. He failed to find substantial work ever again, despite having been successful on Broadway before taking a role. In 1988, in an interview with the Associated Press, he simply said, I couldn't get another job. Then there's a more famous one. The second Superman on TV is called George Reeves. He took on the role in nineteen fifty one and he played him until nineteen fifty nine, where he was found dead from a gunshot wound days oh. before he was due to get married. His death was ruled a suicide, despite the fact that his fingerprints were never found on the weapon that killed him. Now the the funny thing about that, I remember in the first time I heard about that, is that it wasn't he didn't get shot that but that he died by suicide by trying to fly out of his window. Because he thought he was Superman. <laughs> but obviously that was wrong. What then, was no, well, I, I think he had an affair with this guy's wife who was like a fixer in Hollywood. He was sort of a gangster. See if there was any scandals, cover it up or force people to have abortions and stuff like that to um, keep the Hollywood illusion going. I think he was called Mannix or something. Tony Mannix, that was the woman he was having an affair with. That's Eddie it. Mannix was the guy. And people think that he had Superman uh, George Reeve shot because he was fanning about this guy's wife. I don't think it was a suicide, I think it was murder, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it sounded more like it was a murder.
0: Yeah, he definitely didn't die by jumping out a window. <laughs> but it's funnier. <laughs> and then there's the um the famous Christopher Reeve. So we all know what happened to him. He ended up paralyzed after falling from a horse in 1995 and he died in 2004 followed two years later by his wife and she died of lung cancer his co-star didn't fare much better Lee Quigley the actor that played the infant Clark Kent died at only 14 years old from solvent abuse three years after last playing Lois Lane Margaret Kidder got into a horrific car crash and was rendered unable to work for several years and she also had a nervous breakdown in 1996 and was found in a stranger's backyard, beaten, hair hacked off, teeth damaged in a deeply distressed state, convinced her husband was trying to kill her. And she... Does
1: kind of sound like her husband was, trying
0: to kill her? Well, I don't know. It said Kidder had attempted to fake her own death and get away and had been living on the streets. She's since made the recovery. So that's not too bad, but she has suffered. Marlon Brando who played Jor-El, died within three months of Christopher Reeve. After a run of horrendous familial tragedy, Brando's son, Christian, spent five years of his life in prison for murdering his half-sister's boyfriend. A month after her boyfriend's death, Cheyenne gave birth to their child, only to lose custody of the infant. After increasingly erratic behaviour, she committed suicide in 1995 at the age of 25, and Brando became a recluse. Despite the fact that comedian Richard Pryor battled drug addiction and was involved in self-immolation incident, before his role in Superman 3, believers still think aspects of her life, his life, including his multiple sclerosis, sclerosis diagnosis, are related to the curse. I think that's a bit tenuous. Um, in more recent years, the curse seems to have all but evaporated, though it's worth noting that 64 year old Man of Steel producer Lloyd Phillips passed away of a heart attack in January 2013, five months before the movie even comes out. In addition, Kate Bosworth, who starred as Lois Lane in the flop, I don't think it was a flop, Superman Returns, Attributed her breakup with Orlando Bloom to the curse. Nah, that's just a convenient excuse. Three yeah, people who worked <laughs>
1: Orlando Bloom to look at. He seems like a bit of a knob, surely <laughs> that was good that she got to break up with Orlando Bloom.
0: Yeah. Three people who worked on the DVD of the film were also horribly injured during that time. One was mugged and beaten, another fell through a glass window, the third fell down some stairs. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. if. Do you think there's a curse
2: behind that? I think if you were to take, like, everyone that worked on a film, on any film at all, you'll find that, say, a good percentage of people have had something bad happen to them. So you can just say, okay, this film's cursed. Like, stuff happens to people. Life happens. Mm. Nah. Yeah, I think
1: that's right. I'm more convinced by the other curses, I think, because it's... A thing that's existed for over a hundred years and it's such a big iconic role and there's so many people that have worked on it over the past again over a hundred years that yeah there's always going to be a small percentage of people that would be involved in something so massive that would have had things mm. happen to them so I think like yeah I'm more I'm more convinced by the other curses you've discussed in that one I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on that one.
0: Like, in Ben-Hur in the 50s, there was a stuntman that was killed, actually ran over by the horse and carriage at the chariot. The Ben-Hur trilogy. movies, like, they were made in the 20s. Um, whatever. Well, I don't, I don't know. There might be something to it, the Superman curse. But then they have made other Superman movies and nothing's... Oh, but what about Dean Cain? He's a total prick. <laughs> 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 his career went down the toilet didn't it after he played superman nobody gives a shit about him
1: yeah but is he not like a
0: total right wing
1: like white men's rights activist gun yeah nut? yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's because he's cursed i think it might just because he's a dick
0: yeah he said that um, if superman today wouldn't be allowed to help people or do anything because he wouldn't be able to have the freedom or the american way or something whereas christopher mm-hmm. reeve said that's bullshit like superman like back in 93 superman said well he represents just a friend he's not (laughs) a right-wing arsehole
1: yeah i like the idea of like superman wouldn't be able to help anyone today because we have to be nice to people and give money to charities (laughs) and like what again dick i've got a wee ghost story i could round this up with if you want a little mini ghost story
0: yeah that'll be good
1: Little mini ghost story for uh-huh. um Have either of you heard of the ghost of Santa Monica Pier? No. Well, I'll tell you about them then. Um, so Santa Monica Pier has one of the oldest all-wood carousels in the world. It was built in 1916. Um, and people say that at night when you walk by Santa Monica Pier and everything is quiet, people passing by and the night guards have said that you can sometimes hear someone walking around the carousel but there's clearly nobody there there wouldn't be anyone that would be able to access it or that um you can hear the carousel music playing even though the power isn't on to the little music box and the carousel isn't actually moving so there's no power going to it so there wouldn't be any reason for the music to be playing and it's also been reported for years that as the carousel turns a figure that seems to be like made out of shadows can be seen riding on one of the horses but when it stops again, the figure is gone. But,
0: okay, mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's what I was about to say, but they've, they've not really got any idea specifically of who it could be. Obviously, there's been loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of famous people who have visited Santa Monica Pier, and there's been hundreds of people who have, over the time that Santa Monica Pier has existed, died on or around Santa Monica Pier. And there was a point where there was uh, flats and houses built round about it, that had direct access to the pier and that people have obviously died in the flats and the houses and so on. So they don't actually know who the ghost could be of, but they believe that there is a, a ghost that haunts the pier. But I thought he sounded like quite a nice ghost because, I don't know why I keep saying he, the ghost is not gendered, but I've decided just a man. Um, yeah, I like that he just likes riding the carousel and being a bit chill. What do you guys think? Do you yeah. believe in the carousel? Yeah, car- it
2: sounds like a very friendly ghost, is what I was
0: going to say, that, he doesn't seem to be doing any harm or trying to scare anyone or get his revenge. He just, just likes. I mean, I wouldn't mind spending time on the carousel. Be a laugh.
1: I think I'd quite like a, a ghostly carousel friend. Yeah, he does sound like a laugh.
0: So the, there's another ghost story in Hollywood that relates to an old sort of English actress called Peg Entwhistle. And she was from Yorkshire or somewhere in England. And she moved to Hollywood and she got a few parts. She did quite, she did really well in the theatre. And um, Betty Davis, the famous actress, once saw her perform in the theatre. And that's what inspired Betty Davis to become an actress herself. But she didn't do so well when she tried to get parts in Hollywood movies because she would get a part and then she would be cut from the film. So she'd get all excited and go to the premiere and that and then be embarrassed because she'd actually been cut out the film. So she got so fed up that one day she just wrote a note and then walked up to the Hollywood land sign and climbed up the H, the letter H, and threw herself off it to mm. her death. Um, and they found her a few days later, like they found like her shoes and her handbag and then eventually they found her body. And she'd written a note saying, I'm really sorry about this. I am a coward or something. I just can't do it anymore. And apparently her ghost haunts that area. People see a woman with blonde hair wandering about looking lost or distressed.
1: Oh, poor Peg.
0: Yeah. Well, say that like, again, why, yeah? Why was, she con- why was she always getting cut? I guess it just, she well, people didn't, like, th- maybe it was just they didn't think her role was good enough or something or i don't know i mean i think the sad thing is that she probably would have went on maybe to get bigger roles but it's it's tough it's tough out there in hollywood like especially back in those days because everyone wanted to be in the films everyone wanted to be a big actress or a big star and only so many people made it so it even now like most actors just work as waitresses or to try and get their big break if you think about it it's always the same actors you see on on the screen So I think she maybe just felt like a failure because she kept getting cut from the movies and maybe she thought she wasn't good enough or pretty enough or something. I think
1: we could go find her and then take her to Santa Monica Pier and her and the Santa Monica Pier shadow ghost can hang out and ride the carousel together.
0: Yeah, that would be lovely. So I think that's really it. I mean, we could talk about so much more. There's so much we can talk about about Hollywood myths, like how there was rumours about the silent movie star Clara Bow banging animals (laughs) I've never heard that before (laughs) well I did tell you about the time that she was supposedly banged a whole of the UCLA football team including John Wayne
1: which again I don't imagine
0: happened
1: (laughs) no it didn't slightly more likely than her banging animals
0: yeah it's just a case of they just wanted to tarnish her reputation even more and because like she had a reputation of being like quite um a bit of a nymphomaniac then they obviously like elaborated on that and it just got worse and worse or how do you Very feel well Yasmin be. about your podcast podcast recording with us today i was gonna say
2: it's, it's brilliant and thank you also what you, because I've been doing like my weekend chores so I've been cleaning the whole house and you guys have been keeping me company so, Excellent. Off.
0: so thank will you, you come back will you do another one I will do Definitely. brilliant yeah, and if yeah, you've yeah. got if you've got any thoughts about you know topics you want to talk about because it's about myths and legends so if there's any myths and legends that you're interested in and you want us to cover then by all means yeah
2: that's good it's really good. no it's so nice talking to you guys as well
0: yeah it's, it's really like good. trios back because <laughs> <laughs> we've all known no, each but- other since secondary school and I've known you since I was like in nursery school and then you moved away briefly but we always come back together at some point i think we're all spiritually linked
1: yes indeed we're all reincarnated we'll still know each other
0: i do i genuinely think that that yeah that we'll all meet in another life and it'll just get recycled Um,
2: i agree lovely
0: so is anyone wait? what are we going to talk about in the next podcast then how Um, do you think topics like what do you just well we had a big list of topics that people suggested and mark wrote them down so right. future topics lizard ro- right you, you tell us what one you 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 fancy yasmin lizard okay. royal family cool. right lizard royal family ouija boards electronic ghosts satan the satanic panic rewriting myths slender man a person Oh, we've gone, over, we've gone over faceless people and black-eyed kids already. Shadow people, Bigfoot, collective consciousness, Eostra, Horus, Anana, Hercules, Mithras, or Scientology. What's collective consciousness? I have no idea. Collective
1: so,
2: consciousness?
1: I feel like if I do collective consciousness, that do you know what? Seeing as we were talking about reincarnation, why don't I do collective consciousness? and leslie can do reincarnation next week because they kind of like
0: right that sounds good so myths about sort of afterlife and reincarnation and things because yeah. you do get stories of little kids in india that, that claim that they're reincarnated and things like that so how do you feel about uh, that yeah this is interesting wait Woo. so that's what we'll do collective consciousness and reincarnation i'll uh, come up with some cool. better topics title than that surely but um so yeah thanks very much for listening hopefully you haven't missed us too much um or you have missed us too much and you want to... <laughs> what the fuck am I, I talking about right. just tell me to shut up that <laughs> <I'll let it laughs> out I'm actually waffling a lot of pish now.
1: Yeah agreed. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed our first episode of our second series and getting to hear Yazi's lovely, lovely voice good voice Yaz. well done
0: and we have been putting in shout outs to you the whole time <laughs> i don't know if you've ever listened to any of their podcasts yasmin but we've always mentioned you
1: you are a key player
0: and now we can prove that you are real and you're not a myth you are a legend
1: and now that we have proven Yazi's legend status i think we, we can kind of say bye and We'll see. We'll not see. That's not how that works. <laughs> People will hear rods next week. We won't see anyone next I week.
0: Think we all need coffee, man. <laughs> eat, for fuck's sake. Right, okay. Well, thanks very much then. I will be saying bye.
2: bye.
0: Crystal. Men. Crystal.